Let's join Dr. Wayne Fry for today's message, already in progress. It is an action or appearance that is mere disguise or show. Now, truthfully, we all have the another side. <laughs> we all have the other side or another side of us that only you me and God knows about. Amen. And uh, if people knew about it, it will literally change their impression of you. I'll tell you, neighbors, I, I already sense this is going to be a good lesson. I already sense this is going to be a good lesson. He, just out of two sentences, you already sense this is going to be a good lesson. Yeah. Yeah, we have this other side that, and and unfortunately, most of us spend more time trying to cover it up than to fix it. Amen. It's a learned behavior. This masquerading is a learned behavior. And especially in the church, we've learned how to, in the church, uh, put on a mask and masquerade and walk around with, I'm blessed I'm highly favored. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. The above, never the beneath. But yet we're trying to do that to mask some real issues that we're not willing to confront. Amen. And so we want to share some things with you today and for the next uh, next weeks. So uh, take your neighbor, say neighbor. Don't you even think about not coming back. Don't you even think about. Because we've learned how to put our best foot forward in church. We've learned how to do that. We've learned how to come in and smile at people. We've learned how to come in and say, how you doing, and respond back properly. We've come in and learned how to lift our hands and give God praise. We've learned how to say amen at the right times. Amen. <laughs> yeah. But if we are honest, some people are different Monday through Saturday. Some people are different Monday through Saturday. They live a certain way, and then it seems like a certain time on Saturday night, Their soul makes a shift and said, church is tomorrow, so I got to rein it in a little bit because I need to put on something for tomorrow. Amen? Listen to this. This is our central thought, folks. This is our central thought for the whole lesson, whole series. We all have issues. That was deep, wasn't it? That was real deep, wasn't it? The central thought for this entire series is that we all have issues issues. Listen to this. Church should be a place where people can be real. And if we're going to really have the word and the anointing of God help people like it's designed and powerful enough to do, we who are in the church are going to have to learn how to be real. Amen. Y'all got it? Uh, there was, uh, I heard somebody telling the story. Uh, about a gentleman, he was from Louisiana, so he's close to the Gulf of, of Mexico, 
and an announcement came across uh, the airways about some conflicts, some, some things happening in the Gulf. And so all of a sudden, this guy began to change. His life just changed like overnight. And so he began to show up at church. He began to treat his wife right. He began to treat his children right. He was, uh, you know, uh, a better employee. And so all of a sudden, the pastor who knew his reputation before came to him one day and said, hey, man, I've noticed you, you've changed. I've noticed that you've literally turned your life around. You know, can you tell me what's going on? What's, what was, what happened to cause you to make this definite life change? And the guy says, I heard the announcement that there was crisis in the Gulf. And so I figured if he was that close, I better get myself together. <laughs> Some of y'all missed it. Crisis, Christ is in, okay. Y'all get it going home. When they said crisis, when they said Christ in the Gulf, he heard Christ is in the Gulf. And so being from Louisiana, he figured if Christ was that close, he better get himself <laughs> together. We all on the same page now? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> all right. And it's, it's, it's amazing that some people have that mindset that they feel like they have a certain, certain amount of time. But then when they feel like they're getting to a place where life is be, uh, becoming, uh, you know, to the end or they feel like some, uh, something is getting ready to happen major, then they begin to make a change. But let me tell you something, folks. We, we have to do that now. Yes. Amen. Amen. We have to do that now because uh, it's the now that, that will make the difference in somebody's life. Yes. Amen. Praise God. So let's talk about some things here. Let's talk about some things. Go to uh, 2 Corinthians 4. Um, I asked you to go there already, so you should be there. I love what Paul says here in the message translation, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 1. If you don't have the message translation, you can follow along with us on the screen. It says, since God has so generously let us in on what he is doing, we're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job. Just because we run in, into occasional hard times, we refuse, look at this, we refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. We, and we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open. The whole truth on display so that those who want to see uh, want, want to, can, can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. But notice what Paul says. Paul says that we refuse to wear masks. In other words, he's saying that they're not participating in the masquerade that a lot of people are. They, he refused. He says, instead, we choose to put everything out in the open so that those that see can judge in the presence of God. Are y'all seeing what I'm saying? But I love that he says we refuse to wear masks and we have to make a decision, folks. And I'm, I'm, in, I'm praying and I believe that this lesson gives us enough information to make a decision to just simply take off the mask. Amen. And once we take off the mask, we refuse to put the mask back on. Amen. Amen. And this is not an excuse to live any old kind of way. Amen. This is uh, this is a, a way to be free from the masquerade so you can experience real life change for eternity. 
Because I'm tired of seeing, I'm tired of hearing about people who just change for the moment. People just change for the situation. But now when the situation changes or the environment changes, they change back. And we have to make sure that we remain uh, changed or transformed like we say we are. Amen. Praise God. So there are, <laughs> praise the Lord, there are some ways that people deal with this. And so I want to talk about some areas in which we should remove the mask. I want to talk about some areas in which we should remove the mask or stop masquerading, okay? And I'm, I'm choosing this one today because I want to start on this because I've seen some of this uh, play out this year uh, doing it in this ministry. And so I want to deal with this first, and then we'll talk about some other things. And the first area I want to cover where people need to remove the mask is in the area of conflict. In the area of conflict. Okay, listen to this. Some come to church, take good notes, praise God and walk right back out into conflict. Causing them to go through, but yet they're just deciding to mask it. Some of us dealing with some real issues and some real conflicts. And it's time to get healed. Amen. Praise God, because few people handle conflict the right way. Few people handle the conflict the right way. Let me let me share with you five ways uh, of handling conflict the wrong way. Okay, or five wrong ways to handle or some people handle conflict. Y'all ready for these? Number one, people handle conflict the wrong way by trying to dominate over it. You ever been dealing with a person and when conflict they they raise their voice. And they kind of spread their wings and try to make themselves bigger. You know, just, just listen to me. No, 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 no. It's my way or the highway. What are they trying to do? They're trying to dominate over the conflict. They're shutting down other people's opinions. They're shutting down other people's way, uh, viewpoints and other people's perspective. They just want to dominate the conflict. That's the wrong way to handle conflict. Okay. Secondly, people choose to ignore conflict. Ain't nothing wrong, ain't nothing wrong. Everything good. <laughs> when you know deep down inside that there's not good and there's conflict here, but because you don't want to deal with it for whatever reason, you just try to ignore it. But let me tell you something, it's not just going to go away. People have wrongly taught that time heals all. Let me tell you something, folks, time is not a healer. There's only one healer, and his name is Jesus. He's the only one that heals. Time does not heal. I've said this before. Time does not heal. It only causes you to become comfortable with the pain. Amen. So the longer the time span, the more comfortable you are with the pain. But you're not healed. Amen. Because just introduce the person or just introduce the circumstance that caused you the pain. Years later, you'll relive the pain because you're not healed. Right. So it's not just going to go away. We have to face it. We have to deal with it. So some people ignore it. Okay. Third, third way some people handle conflict the wrong way is they simply whine about it. Yeah. <laughs> Woe is me. Nobody understands me. Everybody's out against me. I'm just, I oh, just, everybody just take it back. Oh, just whine, just whine, just whine, just whine. What are they trying to do? They're trying to get people on their side. Just whine about it. And really people who whine about conflict Want to, make, want, to make, want to make everybody else miserable 
because they're miserable. So because I'm miserable, I'm going to try to make your, your life miserable because I don't want to deal with the conflict. Okay, praise the Lord. We only got two more. We only two more. The fourth way that people handle conflict the wrong way is that they just surrender it. Surrender it. They just say, throw up their hands, like, forget it. Okay? Different than ignoring it, they just surrender. Okay, you win. You win. They attempted, they attempted some kind of resolution, but because they, they couldn't go through the process, they just say, hey, I forfeit, I surrender, you win. Okay? And then the fifth way uh, that people handle conflict the wrong way is they, and I think this is probably the most prevalent way, is they just simply end it. They end it. What do I mean by that? They tell the person that they're in conflict with, and they say this, you go your way, I'll go my way, and we'll just end it. You hear what I'm saying? Just end it. And see, that's the wrong way to handle conflict. Because the, in, the, the, the conflict came to destroy something, but it didn't have to destroy something. And see, many of us are cutting off relationships because we don't know how to and we handle conflict the wrong way. You hear what I'm saying? They just end it. Just walk away. So it ends up in severed friendships. It ends up in, uh, you know, uh, breakups. It, men, it ends up in divorces. It ends up in uh, children leaving home and, and, and never being reconciled because nobody wants to, to face the conflict and be real. I have some issues. You with me? And so uh, it's unfortunate. Again, I've seen some of this play out. Uh, with some people in this ministry uh, this year is that people just run away from conflict. Just run away from conflict. And sometimes people are running away from the very thing that God can use to grow them up. You ever had, uh, well, you know, uh, maybe not in your case, but, you know, there were times when uh, people would pick on, uh, pick on, people at school and they come home to their parents and they say, I won't go to school no more. And the parents say, no, you're going back to school. You're going back to school. And ain't sitting here all day. You're going back to school. <laughs> now, I don't want to go to school because so-and-so, so-and-so. Well, you need to stand up to so-and-so. Because what? The easy thing was just to end it. Just don't go to school no more. Right? But no, sometimes you got to face it. I'm not saying go out and punch the dude in the face. I'm just saying you have to face up the conflict. Because even in my own life, there was a guy who, who, uh, who was, he was just flat-out bully, just a flat-out bully. And he would just pick on you, pluck your ears, and just kind of, you know, pinch you and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, leave me alone. But just irritate. Y'all know what I'm saying? Just irritate. And so he'd push you and all this kind of stuff, push you around and all this stuff. And one day, I don't know what happened, just something came from my toes. <laughs> it came deep down. I mean, it was, came far from far down. I, I, something rolled, and I, and I went face-to-face, face nose. I said, you touch me again. I'm going to punch you in your head. I didn't know if I was going to really punch him or not. I'm just saying. I was fed up. I was fed up. And then from that moment on, he never bullied me again. Never bullied me again. Just imagine. If I had not just stood up to the conflict, still it would have went on for much longer. Yeah, ending it, folks, doesn't solve it. Because even if you end it, 
you're still living with the issue. You're still living with the pain. Because just because you don't have a relationship with that person anymore doesn't mean the conflict is solved. It just means you don't have to deal with it on a daily basis. But it's still there. And you know what will happen if you don't fix it, if you don't work on it? It'll show up in another arena. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So I want to help you today. I want to help you today. And so let's get into some James, James 4, James 4. Because I'm going to talk about how to remove the mask and handle conflict properly. How to remove the mask and handle conflict properly. Okay? James chapter 4. Let me know when you get there, please. Okay, James chapter 4. Listen to this. Listen to this. Our initial response to conflict is to blame somebody else. Okay, I got to wait until y'all get to James 4 so I can say that again. Because some of y'all have been tuned others. I'll say that again. I said our initial response to conflict is to blame somebody else. Isn't it amazing that it's always someone else? How can it always be someone else? Huh? That's our initial response. It, it, really, that's our, our initial response is when there's conflict, it's them. Those of you who are married, you ever had conflict in your marriage and you said, it's him. It's her. I heard it over there. It's her. It's my husband. It's my wife. It's not me. And pastor, if you give me 10 minutes of your time, I'll explain to you. And you will probably agree with me that it's not me, it's them. Right? Cut off in traffic and have conflict with the person in front of you, but it's what? Them. They're the one who what? Cut you off. You ain't realize that you left the house 12 minutes too late. And now you're trying to make up time, and they're just driving their normal routine, but it's them. Pastor, it's, it's, it's my supervisor. It's them. They get on my nerves. I need a new job. It's them. Notice that the first response is to blame. It's the pastor. I ain't do nothing wrong. It's the pastor. He's so mean. James 1, let's look at this, because James deals with this. Look at here in verse number 1, James 4, verse number 1. You there? Look at this in the message translation. Where, I'm going to stop at this question, where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? In other words, James is asking the question, where do you think all these conflicts come from? He said, do you think they just happen? Think again. Uh-oh, uh-oh. They come about because you want your own way. Woo! Woo! He says, where do these conflicts come from? You think they just show up out of nowhere? No, they come because you want your own 
way and fight for it deep inside yourselves. Just think. Just think about it now. Just think about it. Whenever we, in the con- whenever we get into conflict, just think about it. Let's, let's break it down. Whenever we enter conflict, isn't it because someone or something didn't, didn't give me what I wanted? Hunter Davis said, we're trying to experience life for real. Come on, tell me. We're trying to experience life for real. No, think about it. Think about it. When you, when you are at odds with someone, isn't it around something that you wanted to happen your own way? And when they didn't sanction it and when they didn't, when they, and wait, they didn't follow through with it, now you have conflict with them because you didn't give me what I what? Wanted. Oh, Lord. Come on, think about it. Think about it. Now, I need y'all to, I need y'all to help me today because I, I, I know you have it locked in your mind that you ain't had nothing to do with the conflict you're in. <laughs> I know you have that locked in your and locked in, I need you to unlock that today. I need you to unlock it and hear what I'm saying and at least listen to me and see if there's some merit to what I'm saying. Because I know that there are some that walk around with a victim mentality and they have done nothing wrong. And everybody is doing it against them, and they're just innocent in all of it. And that's impossible. Hey, man. He said, it came about because you want your own way. Oh, Lord. Next verse says, you lust for what you don't have and are willing to kill to get it. You want what isn't yours. And will risk violence to get your hands on it. You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? And why not? Because you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to. You are spoiled children. Each wanting your own way. Woo, come on, praise break, y'all. Praise break. Praise break. Come on, lift your hands, say hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands, say hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? He says, it's something that you want so bad that you'll kill to get it. That you'll use violence to get it. Now, what what he's implying here, I don't believe, is physical violence. I don't think he's implying here that you'll end up stabbing somebody or shooting somebody or killing somebody physically. But you know what? We can kill people with our words. We can talk so bad about a person that we're in conflict with that we kill them in our own eyes and we try to kill them in other people's eyes. Let me tell you what so-and-so did. Let me tell you how rude they were. Let me tell you They just stabbed me in my back. Let me tell you how ruthless they are. And what are you doing? You're trying, you're killing their character in the eyes of other people. And so now we have people reluctant to get into relationships with others because what you said to them about them. And the scripture says, why didn't you even ask God about it? Why come you didn't ask God for what you wanted? Why? Because you know you've been asking for something you ain't have a right to. 
Because the whole conflict is because it's something didn't go your way. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let me leave you with four points today. Let me leave you with four points today. <laughs> Everybody okay? Amen. All right, four points. Praise God. To be able to remove the mask and handle conflict properly. First and foremost, you need to look within yourself. Look within yourself. Listen to this. See if you agree with it. We're tough on people, but we're light on ourselves. We hold others accountable, but not ourselves. If somebody else misses a deadline for you, oh, man, oh, man, you don't understand how important this was. I was dependent on you. You just then messed everything up. You missed a deadline? Oh, I was busy. Yeah, right. Oh, I'll get to it tomorrow. Okay, how come it wasn't as important to you to meet your deadline as you made it for somebody else? Because you didn't get something your own way? <laughs> ah, let's go to Matthew. See what Jesus said about this whole thing. Oh, glory to God. Y'all want to know what Jesus said about it? Okay. Somebody saying, help me, Jesus, help me. <laughs> He will, he will. Matthew 7, please. Matthew 7. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Matthew 7, and we're going to look at this in the uh, message translation. I believe we're going to start at verse number 1. Yes, it says, don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of a, a boomeranging. I don't know if that's a word or not, but it's in scripture. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you? When your own face is distorted by contempt. <laughs> it's this whole, here we go, masquerade. It's this whole traveling road show mentality all over it again. Perform based upon who you're in front of. Playing a holier than thou part instead of just living your part. He says, wipe that ugly sneer off your face. And you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. Glory to God. Talking about removing the mask. Doing life for real.